0: Welcome to the soccer podcast where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world and everything in between. My name is Sebastian and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Anthony's back. And Anthony, Anthony is back. Uh what's I think it
1: going, everybody?
0: I, I mean I think Anthony's coming back for for a couple like specific things that he really wants to make sure we talk about.
2: Uh I don't, what, I don't know what you t- I don't know what you're talking about, but no, I'm just happy to be back, man. I know, but so right, we're well, going his
1: podcast fitness, you know, his fitness levels have been going up and down, just trying to get back fit for the for the podcast. Get that periodization yeah, what,
2: in. Would have been here, uh, would have been here last week if it didn't rain and we had uh, to do that's, a, or, that's true, you know, so. make up
0: camp makeup. So let's talk about let's talk about summer camps. How are summer camps going, Anthony?
2: Oh man, they're going great. Um we're two weeks in, two two camps down of our uh of our five total camps. Um and they've been They've been awesome, man. I think we had 91 kids at our first one. Um, we had like six groups. Uh, it was fantastic. And this last week, uh, we held our discovery camp. Um, I think we got up to 16, 17 kids, uh ages three, four, five, and six. Um, and you know, we had a blast, you know, just going over the fundamentals of soccer and and playing a bunch of fun games. Um, and, um, you know, it was hot out there. So we had a bunch of popsicle breaks, um, which the kids really enjoyed. Uh, but we're, uh, we're looking forward to these last three camps, you know, that the diamonds camp, um, coming up, you know, where, where the, uh, diamonds players are actually going to be like the counselors. I'm sure the kids are going to love that getting to, to play with those type of athletes. Um, we have our travel camp, um, coming up that first week of August. Um, where we're going to focus specifically on finishing and goalkeeping. And then we have our last day camp um, uh, starts August 9th, which is basically the same thing we did in June. Just a whole bunch of, um, you know, fun soccer games. We touch on some skills each day, like the first day maybe dribbling, second day passing, um, next day shooting. But, um, you know, we, we, we look to try to play a bunch of games, you know, where we invite everybody out to that one, uh, from ages five, all the way to, you know, close to 15, um, um, some player counselors and stuff like that. So, you know, we're really, really excited. They're off to a great start. I think we've already had just in our first camp, I think we eclipsed how many kids we had all of camps last year, obviously with COVID and stuff like that going on, but, um, it's really just, it's been a phenomenal start and, um, you know, a, a great thing for the club.
0: I think it's. I think they've gone. They've gone incredible. I was out there on Monday and Tuesday with Lila and Ethan. Uh, Ethan not so much in the in the soccer mentality. Uh, he just wants to do his own, his own thing. But Lila, right. uh, Lila was super engaged for about
2: an hour until she was like, "All right, I'm out." But it, it was hot out there. That, that's yeah. for sure. It was definitely hot out there. But you know, the kids did well.
0: Yeah. No, they enjoyed it. And I think. And I think the it's um. It, what's really cool about our camps is that they're they're laid back. Uh, they're 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 as laid back as you can get, while still having a ton of fun and and being super organized. And I think that's that's the key. Um, it's a low pressure situation for the kids. They're it's they're just out there having to have fun. Um, and I think anytime you can create that kind of environment, it just it it, it becomes really really good. Uh, this time of the year. So absolutely. Um, and then Dwayne, we have our uh, we have our last. Diamonds like our last official diamonds home game tomorrow, or last game in general Sorry. tomorrow. Uh playing Keystone. Yeah, um season flu, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean we knew it was gonna go by really fast. Uh so we, we play Keystone tomorrow at seven o'clock in Middletown Village. Um uh Keystone's a team we played and when we, we played them a few weeks ago. We we went up there and uh we lost two nothing to them, but but ultimately played a played a good game. Uh, they're they're a tough opponent uh but I think I think we we'll, I think we're ready for them I think they're we got we got some things we got some things in the works for them that I'm not entirely sure i'm I don't want to say too much because you know Sean and Holly might be listening to the podcast so i don't I don't wanna i don't wanna say too much uh but but we we got, for you. we are yeah we are definitely coming out Kevin for you might be sponsored um. by target <laughs> um,
1: <targeted>
0: test. <laughs> um. So I wanted to touch base right before uh, before we have our interview with our very special guest. I wanted to talk about this article that that got created by for you know by Matt Ralph, who's one of our friends uh, f- uh, from brotherlygame.com. Uh, Matt Ralph wrote an article about us. Uh, he wrote a article about the podcast. so it came out last week. Uh, really cool article. It's got me and Dwayne in the picture of it from one of our diamonds games that he came out and watched. Um but basically just congratulating us for, for the podcast for the year. So.
1: Yeah, I think it was cool because even if you don't listen to the podcast, you probably like, what is the Delaware soccer podcast? I could read about what the Delaware soccer podcast right. is. And then kind of get an understanding and say, Oh, it's not really about, you know, England versus Italy. It's not about Switzerland versus France. Like there's other things that we talk about and it's not just about Delaware union. We talk about everything. So it's pretty cool. We shed some light. So, you know, hopefully people read the article and check out the podcast.
0: That's right. Um, cool thing. I think that's, that happens in the, in the, uh, um, uh, on the, on the article, uh, the GM gets mentioned in the podcast in the, on the article. Yes, sir. The GM, the GM gets, the GM gets his name on it. Or not his name, but his but he gets he gets he gets a shout out in the on the article. So, I that thought,
3: funny,
0: I mean, listen, when I read that, I read that line like three or four times, um, just because that one was that one was pretty cool. Like that, I thought that was um, like that was a very cool episode for me in general, um, and a very very emotional episode. But I think just in the fact that that um, a I know he listens to the podcast. Uh, cause last week he was texting me. He wasn't happy with you Duane. uh, cause yeah, you're talking about the 2014 world cup final. Uh, he was, he wasn't happy about that. Uh, but, uh, but, but it was just, it's just really cool. I think, um, this is, this has been in a, uh, a, a tough year for all of us, uh, for a lot of different things. But I think this has been a constant that we've been able to, to come back to, uh, anybody, Anthony, um, Whenever he can come on, he's been able to just come in and it just it, we don't skip a beat. We just kind of jump right into it. So, so I just want to thank thanks again for the for the last year because this has been an absolute uh, blast to do with you guys. So we have uh, uh, on the podcast a huge uh, almost I mean fandom for for the Philadelphia Union mostly because it's our hometown club that we can cheer on from at the professional level. But at the same time, we've always had a really good relationship with the Philadelphia Union. And this, that relationship has been going on for years. And the person who we talk to the most from the Philadelphia Union uh, is with us today. Um, and he's somebody that I've had many conversations with. Uh, and no matter how long it ha- like it goes by, a couple of months, things like that, we can still kind of just get into a rhythm and get into a fun conversation via email or text message, whatever it is. Uh, but Alex Carrington is with us today. Hi Alex.
3: Hey how's it going? Thanks for uh, having me. First and foremost I want to congratulate you guys on one year uh, with the podcast and I saw you guys just entered into the second season and uh, just thought crazy that uh, I didn't get the invite for the first season so thanks for that.
0: No I mean you are you are our first guest of the new season.
3: Okay I'll take that that's all right I'll do that that's good.
0: You are you are well I mean listen we, we were just talking about this before we started recording. You are a brand new father of twin, twin girls. Yep. So congratulations to you on that.
3: Thank you very much. Thank you. Um,
0: that takes a different level of commitment to the world.
3: <laughs> very true. <laughs> and clearly changed my life around schedule everything.
0: Oh yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think, um, you know, we're, we're excited to have you on. And so many people are like, wait, so w- what does Alex do? So Alex, Tell us exactly what it is that you do for the Philadelphia Union.
3: Yeah, so I'm I work uh, my my exact title is the group sales manager. So basically, I work in ticket sales for the Philadelphia Union, uh, and I help with relationships for for group tickets. So that's a lot of our youth soccer partners, like the Delaware Union. Um, so I help establish those relationships and get youth soccer teams to come out to Philadelphia Union games. I do one of my big ones is. Uh, I get high schools to play in our stadium uh, and they sell tickets to then get to play an actual high school game inside Subaru park, which is awesome. It's one of the most fun things I've done in my career. Um, So it's, it's all stuff like that where I get to create these cool experiences, um, maybe have you soccer players walk the union players onto the field for the national anthem play at halftime during uh, a little mini game um, for, for kids to play on the field. So for me, it's about creating really cool experiences Uh, and bring in kids and families out to Subaru park and help sell out the building. Uh, And there's nothing more fun than coming to a game, seeing a sold out crowd and knowing that you played a part of it. So that's kind of what I do is um, try to make sure that stadium as full as it can be.
0: That's awesome. And man, that, that stadium is absolutely gorgeous. Like it's just a beautiful, it's a beautiful atmosphere. It's a beautiful stadium. Um, I've been to a few uh, MLS stadiums and by far, uh, best location and and like best views and just in general, just one of the best stadiums out there.
3: Yeah, for sure. You can't can't beat the uh, Commodore Barry Bridge in the background, right on the water with the the ships going by during the game. It's it's an awesome atmosphere for sure.
0: That's right. Uh, so how long have you been at the Philadelphia Union and where did you where did you start?
3: So I'll be celebrating ten years in ticket sales in September. Uh So big anniversary coming up here, but. I uh, actually started the first season as I was, I think I have a cool story for how I started my career. Uh, I was getting ready to graduate from Gettysburg College in 2010 and didn't quite know what I wanted to do with my life quite yet.
2: Um, as most of us are that age.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true. Um, my my dad worked actually at MBA, uh, which is a big Delaware company back in the day. Uh, I got bought out by Bank of America a little bit ago, but uh, so my connections were kind of in in the banking world. And I had two different internships while I was in college at Sally Mae and Bank of America, where it actually got me used to being on phones. I was one of those guys that called you if you're late on your credit card bill or your student loan bills uh, and try to collect on that payment. So that got my my foot in the door of what the banking industry was like. And um, look, it was a fine internship, but definitely something I did not want to do in my career. Uh, And that's where I was kind of like, okay, so what do I want to do next? I was getting ready to graduate, wasn't sure. My mom calls me. She says, Alex, there's a job fair for this new soccer stadium that's opening up in, in Chester. You have to go down there. It's today. Uh, this was a, a Sunday morning uh during college, my my senior year, and it was about a two-hour drive. I was like, my oh, mom, I, like a job fair, it's for like a ticket taker, uh, usher for um Different locations, uh, the beer guy, cotton candy guy, working <laughs> concession stands. I was like, Mom, I'm about to be a college graduate. This right. is not like where I see myself going, you know. Um, she just talked me into it. This is this is your dream job. You have to do this. Um, so after a 30 minute conversation, I was like, Okay, fine. Uh, so I threw on a suit, made the two hour drive down to Chester, and uh, went to the first ever job fair uh, for PPL Park at the time. Uh, ended up getting a job for the first season, just to work all game home game days and different events at the stadium, working for Global Spectrum at the time. Minimum wage, uh, just work game days. And I was just the usher in section 101. Um, Still see my season ticket holders there uh, every now (laughs) and then. that were there at the time. Uh, And I just stood in the front of the section and told people kind of where they would sit for the game. Uh, But I had a, a mindset when I went to work every day, uh, to get to know as many people that work in the Philadelphia Union front office, get to know my boss as well as I could come early, stay late, volunteer for any any event, whether it's Philadelphia Union or not. That way I could kind of make myself seen. There's plenty of ushers. How can I make myself stand out? Um, so I made sure I had built a relationship with my my supervisor at the time, try to have him build connections for me within the front office and Um, through that by that started in May, I think Um, by October, I ended up getting an internship with the Philadelphia union. Uh, And I always said right out of college and talked to a lot of people. One thing I do not want to do is work in sales. Uh, I hate, (laughs) hate talking to even the pizza guy on the phone. Um, (laughs) So that was like one thing I always always was concerned about, but um, ended up getting an internship in It was basically like merchandise and donations. So just kind of helping out with anything I can. It was a very small company at the time. um, So you basically did everything. And as my internship was coming to an end, they did a big intern sales competition where they challenged all the interns to sell tickets for a game. And I just loved working at the the company at the time. And uh, I knew it was a good opportunity. So ended up selling uh, the most tickets out anybody. It's actually still the record today. Uh, and from that, they put me straight into the ticket sales uh, department for a trial. I I think I started the next week, and uh, here I am still today selling tickets, and uh, it's a huge passion of mine. absolutely love it. It's not what I thought it was, where it's just cold calling people and um, having people hang up on you all the time, stuff like that. It's actually, as you know, Sebastian's just building relationships with people. And um, I have true friends that I've worked with for 10 years now. And uh, it's not about just taking their money and giving them seats. It's it's really about um, just seeing how cool of a relationship we can build, what, what cool experiences we can give them. And um, now it's fun to have the new guys start with the union and kind of train them on how I've been doing things for 10 years now and um, can use my leadership skills to Going kind to of help train them and uh, continue to bring more and more fans to the building. Um, so it's just been a lot of fun seeing my career grow and the journey that I started with. It's it's pretty cool, and I still thank my mom every day for for making me do that job. Fair. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. Um, I think the I think the big takeaway is the the idea that's about relationships. I feel like uh, a lot of the interviews we've had over the last year have always been about the idea of building relationships and and just finding good people in the world, right? And I think. Um, I think, you know, when I get an email from you, I don't ever look at it and go like, Oh man, not again. Right. Cause it, it doesn't feel like that at all. It feels absolutely like a relationship that you and I have. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but the, the one thing that I always know is that, uh, a, if I have to ask you for something, if I have to ask you a question or something like that, I can email you, boom, I get an answer right away. Um, and, uh, and th- those things are you usually, those are, those are the things that are really big. For us, I think from a community standpoint as well.
3: So,
2: what, what was Definitely. that an was that an unpaid internship that you did with the uh,
3: with the union? Correct. It was an unpaid internship. Um, it, yeah. Now you now you have to be in college still. Uh, I did just graduate, so I did go unpaid for I want to say it was six or seven months, and they kept asking me when my end date was, and I just would tell my boss whenever you hire me. Uh, so that was always my go to, and um eventually uh the opportunity opened up
2: because that, that's that's pretty awesome that you didn't want to get into sales but then you end up taking an unpaid internship to do what you really didn't want to get into and now it ended up being such a fantastic decision on your life that that's awesome
3: yeah without a doubt and it's something that i love every day um i don't go into work upset with what i do i go and i uh, can't wait for for the next sale and it's a true true like addiction to to get the next sale and um I can't wait to to see what each season brings. And it's always something new and you build new relationships and find new clients that you can work with. So yeah, it, my mindset back in 2010 is, is so different um, <laughs> to now. And uh, yeah, I try to tell all the new, new kids that start, it's, it's very different than what you think. And, and we see that all the time with, with kids in college sales has such this, like almost this nasty mindset of like a, I don't want to play it down, but like a, a car salesman or selling insurance, stuff like that. That's not what we do. We we sell tickets to a, a sporting event, something that people have fun coming to. Um so we're just we're just trying to sell out the building to make the atmosphere more fun. And uh that's what makes it a, a fun time for us and makes it a little bit easier. And when the team's playing great like we have for the past three years, it makes it much more easier than those oh, uh, I'm sure maybe first seven years of my career. Or so
0: well, and I think that leads me to my, to the next question is, so have you seen, so as the team has grown um, and obviously, you know, at times winning helps, uh, especially, you know, to create that atmosphere. But, but have you seen the, what have you seen from the growth of the, the support around the community? Like what, what has been the growth of the last 10 years with this team when it comes to the community outreach? Because I think that's a, that's a big part of what the Philadelphia union in general do.
3: Yeah, I think there's a few things that are bigger now than it was when I first started. Um, Chester has always been a big, big part of it. How can we help Chester? We're, that's where we're based. Um, so our mindset from our foundation, uh, any money that comes in towards our foundation is always going to go back to Chester. Um, so I think one of the coolest things that we've done now is uh, right before the pandemic started is we um did start a, a high school soccer program in Chester uh for the Chester High uh which is something that I forget how many years it's been but it's been quite a long time since Chester High School has had a soccer program and that's fully funded by the Philadelphia Union so we take care of all the fields the jerseys which are pretty awesome you got to check them out but um last year or 2019 uh we all went to the full staff went to the Chester High School game or we on the sidelines cheering them on uh, so it's really really cool to see the, how we can help out the community and kind of work with them. And there's always days where we're going around and like Juneteenth, we went to Chester um, high school to kind of clean it up. And um, it's always, always that's number one mindset is how can we help in Chester? Um, But another thing that is so different than 2011, 2012, even 2015, quite frankly is um, Dave Pettikin came in he came in from FC Europa uh, and started our, basically like our, I want to call it a youth soccer program, but our youth soccer side of things where um, it can be a club neutral training uh, in clinics and camps uh, for, for kids that want to get more involved in soccer and maybe want to see a different mindset. So yeah, everyone's playing for, for the clubs in the area, but um, it's a chance for them to kind of see how the Philadelphia Union do it. And it's just signing up for a summer camp or signing up for a clinic. And um, we have our own coaching staff that is learning from our academy staff. Uh, and gets to train that way. so now I can go to our youth soccer programs and I'm not just trying to sell them tickets. I can give them um, ways that we can get them involved with our coaches and see kind of how we go about our practices every day. Uh, so it makes it a little bit easier for my conversations where I can relate a little bit more to to your guys coaching staff and say, hey, if you guys need help with with training, how's the Philadelphia union doing it? Um, i I have resources now where I can put you in touch with our people, uh, which is something we haven't had in before. so, I think that's a huge aspect of how we can help the community, and that's just started. And started right before um, the pandemic hit, which was a little setback. But um, that that department's growing hugely, and uh, I'm excited to see where that goes uh, and how we can grow out with the community on that one.
0: And I think that's that's a big part of anytime we've either been at the um, and I've gone to to YSC to look at the the, the academy, the school. Uh, the residency program and any of the other programs that the Philadelphia food and do in general, I think there's a big sense of um, not only is it a fun environment, but a welcoming environment. Um, you know, even starts for me, it starts with the players, right? So even at the Academy level, um, you walk around and everybody shakes your hand and shows themselves and, and I'm sure it's also helped the fact that like now the Union 2 are, are training out of the uh, out of Chester. They're you know they're everyone's in the the training facility there. Now it's it's bringing everybody closer to the stadium, which I think which I think potentially helps. Um, so now in your role, you work in the front office of the club, right? And we and I think at times, do you think the front office, uh, the idea of a front office career in a professional sport, sometimes either gets overlooked or or is not at times, you know, everybody wants to ultimately play on the team, right? Like that's like everyone at, at 10 or 11 years old. That's a lot of the times that's the dream is uh, I want to play in the stadium. I don't, but there's so much behind the scenes that makes the machine ultimately function. Right. Uh, but do, do you think at times the front office gets overlooked uh, or, or do you think that's changing now with, with there being more exposure to, to different careers and different, different avenues?
3: I would say it's definitely changing slightly. Uh, When I was graduating, I didn't even think it was an option. Uh, I thought, who wouldn't want to work in sports? Uh, So how would I ever get a job in sports? Why would I even try? (laughs) Quite frankly, um, I didn't think it would even be a possible uh, dream that I could hit. Um, Now, I mean, there's sports management majors in just about every college. And we have so many people that are applying for just our inside sales program that we have every year um, to get inside to, to sales. So, I mean, sales is such an easy way to kind of get in now. Um, But yeah, it's definitely still my opinion, overlooked because I think it's still the mindset where you wanted to, to play and now you're kind of moving on you can't play anymore. So you're just going on to do whatever you want to do next in your life and uh, your career in sports is over. And it certainly doesn't have to be that way. Um, I thought, it was probably that way. And I was looking other ways and then um, figured out we had this team coming in and an opportunity came up. So for me, it's, you just got to kind of go for it. And uh, there's, there's plenty of opportunities in sports and it's definitely a tight market. It's a small, small market. And uh depends on your mindset. A lot of times you do have to kind of move around for that right opportunity. I lucked out. I'm a Delaware guy. I don't know if I, if everyone knows that, but um, so I get to kind of stay close to home and my wife is from here as well. So um, Philadelphia Union, I've played soccer my whole life as well. And um, so it's just it's the perfect dream job for me uh, to be able to stay home and stay um, in, in soccer as well. So it all depends. I think for me, if, if someone really wants to get into sports now, it's all about your internships. Uh, we, we hire a ton of our interns into our sales department. Um, right now we have a new inside sales class that just started. I think there's seven total inside sales um, representatives and two of them were interns with us. So that's a huge way to get your way into a sports department is to um, first volunteer all the time. You can volunteer on game days, no matter how maybe even starting at 14 years old before in high school kids all the time, volunteer. Uh, and then after that, once you're in college, start signing up for those internships, never too early to get that experience. Um you can always reach out to me if you're with Delaware Union, happy to yeah. help and put you in the right way um and, and get your resume out there. But um for me that's how that's the best way to, to get into sports is to get an internship. Do your best you can during that internship. Meet as many people as you can network uh, and then you can get yourself into that front office. So is it overlooked? Maybe but it's also it is definitely a competitive industry without a doubt. Sounds now- like you
1: need to be the beer guy. <laughs> The beer guy sounds like the best internship. You got that high level person. I'm not sure. You've got that high level executive.
0: I'm not sure you can be 14 to do that one though.
3: Yeah, that's very true. Good point.
0: <laughs> that one might be a little tough. Soccer dad would say. Hey.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Now. Now. So, uh, you're from Delaware. Anthony's from Delaware. Duane's from Delaware. I'm the I'm kind of the odd one out here. I'm not I'm not from Delaware, but the one thing that's always fascinated me about living living in Delaware or being around the Philly area, and maybe Dwayne's not necessarily a big part of this because he's not a he's not a he's not necessarily a Philadelphia sports fan. Uh, but I know Anthony is. So what is it about Philly sports in general? And at the same time, is the Philadelphia Union to a certain extent a little bit of the 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 outcasts in that like Phil like that philly sports mindset just because the philadelphia union does bring in a lot more people from other places like new jersey there are fans of the philadelphia J- union in, in jersey just because it becomes easier to become a Philadelphia union fan than it is a red bulls fan to a certain extent even though technically they play in jersey so what is it about what is it about philly sports
3: so about the passion uh, fans are definitely very passionate uh, which is something we can build off of with our sons of Ben in the supporter section but uh, there's definitely still the four for four mindset um, in the in the marketplace where um, there's there's more talk about the the Sixers the Eagles the Phillies and the Flyers and we're getting there um, we're, we I think now they um, during the 2020 year we in the marketplace, we passed flyers and Phillies. I want to say, um, in, in market share. So we're, we're growing every year. That's that's the thing. I mean, think about it. We started in 2010. So we're, we're such a young team still. Yeah. Uh, and based off of, of how we want to grow as a team, it's all through the academy. So not only are we a young team, but our academy is very young as well. And, and we're st- starting to finally see... Um, those players kind of start to, to grow within our, in our first team. And we saw that with Brendan Aronson and Delaware boy, Mark McKenzie, um, both getting starts with the first team and um, now getting sold to go play overseas and now getting starts with the U S men's national team. And now we start they're just because they're not playing for us anymore. They're still representing our club. They're still representing our region. Uh, and it's just a awesome opportunity to have local kids be able to look up to that. So we're building lifetime fans that are 10 years old right now. And when they're 50 years old, their kids are going to be coming to games and we're slowly going to have more lifetime fans that are um, starting as 10 year olds that maybe walked out Uh, Brendan Aronson uh, onto the field as a player escort and got to be out there during the national anthem or played in the halftime mini game. And that's what part of my job is. And that's why I love that. But um, that's, what's cool about the Philadelphia union. Our fan base is still growing every day. Yeah. And we can play a part in that uh, Sixers, Eagles, Flyers, uh, Phillies, their fan bases have been the same thing probably for um, 50 years now. And yeah, you have families that bring in new kids and there's still going to be um, somewhat of growth there. But we've kind of plateaued while the MOS has just grown and grown every year. We're bringing in new teams. Um, we bought the Philadelphia Union, I think was for $10 million. Now to get an expansion team, it's like three hundred and fifty million. Yeah. Uh, it's just outrageous how much this this league has grown since I started here. Um, so that's what's fun to see—the mindset of, of of where we're going to go uh, and being able to be a part of it. Uh, having the world cup come here and 2026 is just going to be absolutely massive i think that's going to be huge for soccer in america um, just watching these young boys play for the u.s men's national team uh, has been awesome that usa mexico game a few weeks ago is absolutely crazy uh, so i think it's we're just in such a good spot uh, the philadelphia union winning the supporters shield is in a good spot uh, we have i think our biggest game in, in history which uh, i've talk to you about, and I know Delaware union has some tickets for, but um, that September 15th game against club America, uh, club America is the biggest brand in Mexico. And for them, for us to go to Azteca and get a play in Azteca and then them to come here is it's just absolutely massive. And I can't wait for that game. I can't wait for that atmosphere. And I think that's just bring in a whole new um, demographic to our stadium and an opportunity to, kind of see what the Philadelphia Union's all about and a chance for us to showcase our brand. So I'm excited to see where we're going. I can't wait.
0: Yeah. Anthony, you want to, you want to put in your two cents on the Philly sports fandom?
2: No, just uh, I, I think there, there used to be a team Philadelphia kicks that were indoor. Um, And I remember going to those games for my birthday and they'd be packed. So like there, there's a market, in this area that like wants soccer and needs soccer. Um, And it really just is about with all Philadelphia sports is like, can you take on the mentality of like a hard knock city, like a city, like an area that like works for everything that they have. And I mean, if you kind of watch like the Union's style of play, it kind of like embodies that like, uh, you know, we're, we're physical, like we're, we're gritty. Um, Jim Curtin, I think has done a really good job of like, um, making that known that that's the way that they're going to play. It doesn't really matter how, but we're going to get a result somehow, some way. And Philadelphia, really, it doesn't matter what your sport is. That's what they look for. Like, can you can you be gritty? Can you find a way to win? Can you be passionate? And I think that's what is really, you know, with indoor soccer and the kicks, those games were crazy, um, and it was something that they could hold on to. It was fast-paced. This is a little bit different, but it's still like a gritty mentality. And if I listen to a lot of sports talk radio and even the union are, they get talked about now on the radio. I mean, it's not in large sumps like the Eagles or the Sixers or even the Phillies. Um, But I mean, it's almost just as much right there with the flyers these days, you know? So it's like, it's just like Alex said, it is on the rise and as they continue to do better and better, the city is just going to embrace them even more. So I I think, you know, it's, it's, it it stinks that they're not right in the uh, heart of the city, like all the other uh, arenas are. I think that like kind of, you know those people that just take the subway to the game. You know, there's a lot of them, um, but um, just for you know, kind of how the union is built and like how they play soccer and how like they they perceive like grittiness. Like I guess just grittiness. You know, it's just like the union have that, and I think a lot of people as as the union continue to do better and better and get more players signed to play overseas and and stuff like that. Like Alex was saying, it, it's it's only a matter of time. It's only been 10 years. These other sports have been around for a hundred years, you know, Philly's 18, like 90, something like that. So like, it's only been 10 years. It, it's going to be there soon.
3: Yeah, for sure. I was just going to add to that. Um, Hey, we, we might not be in the city, but this is a Delaware podcast. We're closer to Delaware. So um, right. there's different markets that we can hit because because we're not in the city. Uh, not everyone wants to drive to the city to, to go <laughs> catch know. a game. It's, it's, can be more of a pain sometimes. So um, I'm up in Plymouth meeting now um, and getting to the city, even for me, still a pain and I'd rather come down to Chester. So um, it, you have to drive, but it's, it still can be hey, These guys got to build an in infinity. Like yeah, there you in go. Like
1: infinity lives.
3: Hey, we're getting there. I mean, we're, we're, we're building and, and things have been changing. I mean, obviously we have the practice fields now and we have the, um, practice facility for the players. But um, if you guys haven't been yet, Larimer is uh, the new brewery that opened up right by us that we partner with. And they're right next to the practice fields, so kind of across the street on Seaport Drive. Um, so if you haven't been to the Larimer, that's a great spot. Uh, it's a cool place to hang out before and after the game. Um, so they're, they're awesome. They're an awesome partner of ours. And it's not Xfinity Live, but it's a it's a good place to grab a beer before the game, um, and it's just a, a cool place to hang out after too, and it's, it's cool for staff too. So, I'm um, excited for that. It's funny you mentioned the kicks. That's what I, I mentioned mentioning that too. Um, we really didn't have anything to to watch growing up. I mean, we had the Philadelphia kicks and the I don't even know what the indoor soccer league was called at the time, but. You had like four-point goals if they shot from behind some <laughs> special line. Um, the penalty kicks were run-up penalty kicks. I think the MLS had that at the time too. Um, and then we also – forget what they were called, but it was like the Delaware Wizards and Delaware Genies I remember going to growing up and I think like Michelle Akers might have been on the Genies. But we really didn't have that much soccer that you could watch on TV and um, really – be able to kind of grow with soccer Uh, now you can watch whatever game you want anytime. um, And it's just, that's going to help soccer grow so much in this nation. I can't wait.
0: Oh yeah. That mouse is taking over, man. The mouse is the mouse is going to own the world by the time it's all said and done. Uh, Now the mouse owns La Liga. That's it's, it's coming in ESPN, man, taking over. Um, All right. So before you leave uh, who are your three favorite soccer players?
3: So this is a tough one. Um, number one right now, it's gotta be Jamie Vardy. So Vardy, if, if, Vardy. if I was a, <laughs> if I was a, a English premier league player or just a professional league player, that's my style of play. So I mm-hmm. I'm, I'm up top, I'm just running at you. I, I'm bringing the, the speed and I'm taking you on and, uh, I like to finish with power more than finesse. So, um, and then he's got a little bit of a, a little attitude to him. He's, got, like an he's got an edge. He's got uh, an edge. Yeah. So um, when I'm on the field, you, you'll definitely see that side of me. So um, yeah, Jamie Vardy's my guy. So um, he he's definitely up there. Um, I I think I got to go with a a Union player in this answer. So it's kind of a mix between two. So Andre Blake's got to be number one. Um, I'm a UConn fan. He's a UConn boy. So um, that makes it a little special tie. Plus he's, he's definitely the best goalkeeper in the MLS and uh, leads us to greatness. Um, And then unique one is uh, Marco Fabian. So Marco Fabian came in. uh, He might've not been the best player for the Philadelphia union, but uh, he opened uh, some doors for us and um, made me realize there's a market that we haven't been hidden and um, build some really good connections. And he was really great at getting out in the community. Um, So Marco is just a, a good guy that really helped us, um, establish some really good relationships and, um, seeing that with sales for the, for the club America game. And, um, I think it's going to be great with what Marco Fabian did for us, even though it was a a one small year. Um, but he did some really key player appearances that really helped us out. So, um, is he really a top three player for me? No, but I do want to mention him. (laughs) Um, so my final one is going to be Landon Donovan. If I have to name a U.S. men's national team player, he comes to mind as like, my best memories growing up is, is stuff that Landon did and that goal against Algeria and just kind of celebrating and stuff along those lines. So Landon's always the the U S player that comes to mind right now. And I'm hoping uh, we can get some more memories like that uh, as we approach the next world cup.
0: Awesome. Well, uh Alex, we, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Um it's taken a year to get you on, but, uh, but I can guarantee you it won't take another year to get you back on the, um, and, uh, uh, I know I'm going to see you on uh, July 17th next home game for the, for the union against DC United. Uh, and then at the same time, if anybody else wants to see Alex, uh, he's at the field, he's, he's there for the games, uh, September 15th, he'll be there for sure. You know, we saw those tickets on our website, uh, for the, for the game against club America, so that'll be, that'll be really fun. So Alex, thanks so much for coming on today.
3: Gents, Thanks for having me, you know, anytime you can reach out and uh, good luck with the the rest of the podcast. And if you have anything in the future, let me know. Thanks.
0: All right. We're moving on. Uh, Anthony, you've, you've waited, you've waited for like 30 plus minutes. Uh,
2: let's I don't know what you're referring to.
0: Okay, fine. All right. I guess we'll we'll I guess we'll go at it that way. All right. So so Anthony, what are you doing on Sunday
2: at three o'clock in the afternoon? Um I am I am not sure. I might uh might be out playing golf or something like that around oh. three o'clock. Absolutely not you gotta, you I'm gonna us. be I'm gonna be on my couch watching ABC, locked in with my Italy jersey on, ready to celebrate another final. You know, I mean I mean I I I'm, I'm pretty pumped, pretty pumped, obviously. And on, on today of all days, I mean, it, it's a good time to be here.
0: So you can fine. I'm going to give you you're going to get you. we haven't done this in 54 weeks, but you're going to get your own on this day in history. Go ahead, Anthony. Tell us what today is.
2: I mean, I, first of all, everybody probably knows what today is. <laughs> but um, anybody with a last name that ends in the Z and a an no. But uh, <laughs> no, I uh, on on today in history. uh Italy beat France in PKs in 2006 to hoist the World Cup, and it's one of the uh, greatest memories that I have. Greatest family memories that I have is is, is that day watching that game. Um, it was it was a phenomenal time, and you know. And all joking aside, I'm just happy to see Italy soccer back in a good place because it was a dark place for a few years there. Oh yeah. The question is: the jersey you're wearing is it the same jersey you wore during the 06 final? Listen, I don't really fit into that one anymore, <laughs> but you know what? Just because you asked, I'm going to try to give it a go. <laughs> it's in a little uh, better shape back in those days.
0: Please send us a picture of that. Uh, we would love to see that. <laughs> I think that would be fun. Uh, that's uh, great. So, yeah. So, uh, so the Euro finals are on Sunday at 3 o'clock. Italy against England. Um, Italy playing... a uh, having beaten Spain uh, in PKs, um, in what I thought was one of the worst uh, penalty kick displays I have seen in a very long time, uh, from from a country, um, thought the way Spain kicked the PKs was absolutely atrocious. Um, but overall, I, did, I mean, I think I think Italy was the better side. Um, you had one lapse in judgment um with five defenders you just let them right dribble right through the middle but you know there was overall the game was england or italy was was the better team i think
2: um i thought uh definitely in regulation i thought they were the better team i I actually thought spain was the better team for most of the overtime period uh they got the momentum from the goal at the end and i was actually just like happy to make it to pk's because i i really felt like we were going to concede especially in the first uh the first overtime, the second overtime was kind of just kind of, you know, neither team really wanted to get forward much, but, uh, that right. first overtime Spain really took it. To Italy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then England, Denmark, uh, the Cinderella wow. story that was Denmark, oh. uh, their, their run has come to an end. Um, it hurts me. Yeah. I, I think that's that, that was tough. It's one of those things where you're just like, you just kind of wanted them to go that far at that point. Um, Here's the part that I, I'm very confused by. Uh this idea of this uh it's coming home mentality of from, from the England supporters. Um and and I love the fact that 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 Schmeichel before Schmeichel the, called the, him out on it. What's called him it. what's coming home? The last thing you had was a World Cup in 66. Uh it wasn't even the the Euro. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So I'm not entirely sure what like, what they're really referring to as, as it's coming home. I mean, I don't know, birthplace. I mean, soccer,
1: the fact or, that they haven't left their country for the entire that, that's, that's what
2: Cellini said. That's what Cellini said. Uh, he's like, maybe it's coming home because they've played all of their matches on home soil.
1: Yeah. They've traveled so, zero miles. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean,
0: it, yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I think it'll be a good game. Um, I'm curious to to see what italy does um italy had been dominant for in possession for a lot of the euros until they played spain so that was a little bit of a different look uh so i am i'm curious to see who's going to ultimately try to take the reins of the of the tempo of the game um or it could just go back and forth and just be an absolute like fantastic match
1: but i have a feeling that it's go not going to go ahead. that right. I, I, don't Boston, gonna, I don't italy think it's i don't think it's one job is to keep harry G- harry kane at three goals that's uh, try, Yeah,
0: Dwayne Dwayne is emotionally slash financially invested in Harry Kane not scoring another
1: goal. He didn't score in the semi, so I think we're good. <laughs> and you're good, Patrick Schick, <laughs> the leading goal scorer in the Euros. Let's go, Patrick Patrick Schick.
0: Oh man, I mean the fact that Harry Kane went what three games without scoring goal, and then uh, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he scores four.
1: He can turn it up real quick, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, he's ready to go. Um, but before we even get to the, to the euros, which almost becomes secondary in my life, uh, um, <laughs> we world cr- coming up, right? Yeah. Well, hold on before all that, like that, this is, this is probably the, the most important thing that's going to happen to soccer in 2021, uh, Argentina <laughs> and, and Brazil are playing in a final, uh, yeah. I mean, tomorrow night in Brazil again, uh, Having not been there since the 2014 World Cup,
2: uh, we're both up against the fans there. So.
0: Well, there's no fans in the Copa
2: America. Yeah, I was gonna say there ain't no fans.
0: <laughs> Zero fans. You're right. you're up against the uh,
2: the the seats. They could well, have the Those seats are fierce, man. The
1: I, Copa America organizers could have called Alex and had it staged outside of the practice fields.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered.
1: <laughs> like, it would have been the same result, right?
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm happy so,
2: they're on opposite days too.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 slightly upset. Like at eight o'clock, like in that second half of the Diamonds game, you might see me check out and just like <laughs> all of a sudden Dwayne's got to coach the game by himself. Yeah, I'm, I can
1: bring the projector up there and we can have time we the pool and see if we can plug it in.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so uh so tomorrow night, Argentina-Brazil in the Copa America final. Um Argentina beating Colombia in a in a PK shootout, which was uh probably the most exciting PK shootout I've seen in a long time. Uh only for one reason. Uh, and this kind of leads me to my player of the match ahead of time, or Argentina. one of my two players of the match, uh Dibu Martinez, man, Emiliano Martinez, who had uh been at Arsenal for a long time as a backup to Espina, and um and then has a has a really good year when Leno got injured. Uh, and then ultimately goes to Aston Villa and gets called up to the national team after having a fantastic season at Aston Villa um, and earns a starting spot and then decides to just all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, starts trash talking the Colombian players before the PKs. Like as they're about to shoot, he's going sorry, bro, but I'm going to eat you alive. Like that's what he said. Do. I know. That's awesome. Like just. And what's great, again, there's no fans. So you just hear, hear, you can hear everything. And you're just like, man, this guy is locked in. Like he's got, he is in their mind. He is a Jedi, like doing mind tricks on these guys. Um, Saves three PKs. Just an absolute monster. Um, So yeah, Argentina, Brazil uh, for what is, could potentially be one of the last thing that things that, messy does at a world stage with with argentina um the it's it's getting it's getting close to the end uh, i know the world cup's only a year and a half away but uh but it's it's getting close um so
1: yeah it's going be exciting argentina, so you're saying argentina is about to go down in the dumps in south american football
0: no 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 no, no, no we're good that's we're what good. you're saying no we're good we're good we're good we're good
1: there's not there, you're gonna go through that period like Italy had where there's no nobody really coming through. That's no,
0: we're we're okay. We I I I I'm starting to have belief in this group. I'm starting to have belief. Um, I'm starting starting to get there.
1: So you guys heard it here first on July 9th. He's starting to have belief.
0: That's right, July 9th, man. Argentina Independence <laughs> Day today, baby. Woo
1: We'll check. We'll check back in in a couple months. Today, see, another on this day in history in
0: something a long time ago uh argentina uh independence day Day, by the way so just another little little tidbit i'm sure i'm going to get a text from the gm saying like how do you not know what year it is um but that's that's definitely coming um all right uh anthony yeah uh another reason why you're on the podcast today on top of just because you're you're awesome right okay okay uh, so you brought up a, you brought up a discussion a few a few weeks ago. Yes, I did. About uh, so a couple months ago, we
2: and went God before before we say this. I had no idea what team I, I was looking for that paper everywhere where I wrote it down, and I couldn't find. I couldn't go back into our uh, podcast sheets where like we wrote it down. So I didn't know who did the best at all when I brought it up. I just thought it would be interesting to see yeah. how we did.
0: Yeah. So. So we we brought up this thing about like who would we put on the national team if we were if we were charged with that with that responsibility. Um, so this was the starting lineup against Mexico, um, in the final uh, of the what was it the nation the
1: Concacaf Nations League
0: yeah Nations League yeah. All right, so this is the starting lineup that the actual team played with. So you had Zach Stefan, Mark McKenzie, Brooks, Reem Yedlin. Uh, Weston McKinney, Kellen Acosta, Zorginho Dest, Gio Reyna, Sargent, and Pulisic. That was a starting 11. Then the sou- the subs that came in were uh, uh, Tyler Adams, Horvath, who who came in for for Zach Steffen, uh, Siba who He's the guy that scored the goal, right? No, no,
1: Me too. A former, the big, the big dude,
0: yeah. Uh, Sebastian Legette who you know is, is always there uh reggie cannon and tim Wea. and then we had I a couple know. players and then we had a couple players that that didn't play so we we i went through and compared that to the starting lineups that we had and the subs and all that other stuff um duane now obviously had the biggest list of anybody because he had like
1: i had a had, training camp roster, you, had a, tra- had, you had a
0: training camp roster and stuff like that so
1: i had guys that played themselves into the lineup man yeah. Kelly Costa played himself into the you guys know, thought I was crazy, but he played himself in out of the training camp roster.
0: Yeah. Um so out of the out of out of uh you know, for so we were looking at it from a competition standpoint, um, so I had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven starting. A seven out of eleven, I got right. Um Dwayne had two, four, six. And Anthony, the big winner, two, four, six, eight out of eleven, he he got right. so uh, which I think the I think the reason why he wins it is because he had the DeAndre Jedlin in the starting lineup, which nobody ever expected that was going to happen. He
1: had to have the balance. yeah, but he had doubts on his boy though. like you got Mark on the bench
2: i I the again, which obviously yeah. it's terrible you know i should have should have known but i didn't think they would go with that much youth that's why if you look at my thing, i had guzon on the bench just because when you go into any type of international actual competition retire you, know, you have you can't just you can't, you can't just throw out all youth you do have to have some you do have to have some players that have a lot of experience that's why i went with yedlin no and i mean ultimately that's why you, gotta, I you, gotta you so that's why I got you got a cap the age limit so the age limit's got to be doing.
1: Limit, if you're over 32, you got to go.
2: <laughs> All I know is, Dwayne, you came in last. With your <laughs> I mean, you did. You,
0: you did come in last. Now, he might have had it in general everybody because he also had a camp of like 50 players. So I have 50 players coming in. So he, he had everybody somewhere hey, where people get like, hurt. Whether you're hurts.
1: So I need somebody to replace him.
0: Whether you're on the bench or you were somewhere else, you were you were somehow still named in there. I mean, he had DeAndre Yedlin in there somewhere, but <laughs> definitely not he in the had starting to play. Line.
1: He had to play himself back in that starting lineup.
0: Now, from a bench perspective, Duane was kind of the big winner. Uh I I had Josh Sargent in the uh on the bench. Uh Duane had Gio Reyna, Sargent, and Tim Wea who ultimately all three or two of those three started. Um, uh, Mackenzie and Aronson were, were Anthony, he had those guys in there. Um, but, um, which I guess the big, I guess the big one in which he, man, we gave him an entire episode like name Conrad de la Fuente has completely fallen out of
1: the face of the earth,
0: like yeah. it's kind it of
1: somewhat disappeared. Well, he we just got moved over to Lille, so <laughs> hopefully, we got some more time. I mean. You gotta look at his situation, who you starting over.
0: Yeah. Play I mean, at, at, least, at getting least
1: no time over there.
0: I mean, at least he'll at least he'll play he'll play what? Uh opposite of Tim Wea, right? On the other side of Tim Weya.
1: Yeah. I mean he couldn't even at Barcelona, he couldn't even start as a left back. No, no. Like there was no place for him to go over there. No. no.
0: So yeah, so I mean ultimately that was a, that was a that was a fun little little experiment. I mean, I guess in, we'll we'll dive into the uh into the Gold Cup next week. Uh, that's
1: starting this weekend, right? Isn't it? Um, that's today. Prelim I, games won't be today or the tenth. I don't 10th know.
0: Of- I have I have a oh, Sunday. A uh, USA plays Haiti. Um, yeah, I have yeah. lost somewhat interest in the Gold Cup considering I saw the starting lineup or the the camp. It, I saw Brad Guzan's name on it, so I was like, "All right, I'm out." Like I no longer, <laughs> I no longer couldn't, care couldn't about others. this. I no longer care. I couldn't uh, find
1: another keeper in America.
0: Sebastian Legette might be the goalkeeper, man. Why not? He can do everything. He drives the bus, anyways. So might as well.
1: Against Haiti, anybody could probably be the goalkeeper. Oh,
0: play. that's messed up. That's messed
1: up. It watch, watch,
0: watch Haiti pull off the upset.
1: It should be six nothing in the first <laughs> ten minutes. But
0: watch, watch Haiti pull off the upset, man. All those Haiti fans gonna be mad at you.
1: If they pull off the upset. We're all leaving the country. We're, <laughs> we're going to pull uh, Akinola and switch our allegiance to Canada. <laughs> I thought we were saying we we're moving the podcast to Haiti. No, I'm not moving the podcast to Haiti. <laughs> no.
0: Okay. All right. Um, all right. Uh, player of the match. Uh, so I alluded to Debu Martinez being one of them. The other one is going to be messy uh, because, uh, I mean, he played with a bloody ankle for the majority of... So, Frank Fabra, who's one of my favorite left backs, um, plays at Boca Juniors, comes into the game, fouls Messi, messes up his ankle, and as Messi's on the floor, Fabra goes in, gives him a high five, and asks him for his jersey. In that moment, goes, yo, let me get that jersey after the game. I
1: mean... I don't... (laughs) I don't
0: know. I love it.
1: I love it. I think it's it's just say the next words out of Messi's mouth probably weren't for the podcast. (laughs) I
0: I, I don't know, man. You you take out, you go after this guy who's the one of the best players in the world, if not the best player in the world, you make his ankle bloody. Uh, which that takes some skill to do to for your ankle
1: to bleed. (laughs) That's not like a regular foul, right? No,
0: for your ankle to bleed through your sock. Uh and uh and you ask him for his jersey as he's on the ground. <laughs> uh so mine goes out to Messi just because I've the the way he's like he's really like in right now.
1: Uh Dwayne, who's yours? I'm gonna give mine out to the St. Vincent national team. So um quick little story. Um St. Vincent had a volcano eruption back in like April. One of Anthony's players is actually on vacation down there and got trapped. Um mm-hmm. uh, They had a volcano eruption back in April. So a lot of people got misplaced Um, They had players living with their coach. Um, So that was just the first part. And they're trying to train to get into the gold cup. So um, then they have to fly to another country. I think they flew to like Granada. They're training out there um, using another country's facilities. And they have to fly to another island to get visas just to come to America. Only 13 of their 22 players were able to get visas. So now you already lost nine players. On top of that, their starting goalkeeper got shot and killed in, before they could play. Oof. So now they don't have a goalkeeper. Um, so then they had to have a center back play as their goalkeeper. Ultimately, they still played in the gold cup preliminary round, lost to Haiti 6-1. But just big shout out to them for even making it to the gold cup preliminary round because you get a could have just packed it up and shut it down after the volcano eruption, and just said, "Hey, we don't have the facilities."
0: No, it's still you know, that's resiliency right there, man. That's
1: resiliency. That's really, really... I mean, it shows like what kind of like we kind of bag on like the cap teams that the US always beats on, but then at the same time, yeah, look at the circumstances they're coming oh, yeah. from. Like, yeah, you got to fly to another country just to get a visa. Yeah, just to fly here.
0: Yeah,
2: that, that's a that's a fantastic story. Oh. Yeah, Anthony, who's your player that your, your player of the match? Well, I wish. Dwayne splits after mine because now <laughs> I'm going to like a jerk. But um, no, I uh, I went with Giolini, kind of the same reason uh, you went with uh, Debu, because the trash talk that he had with <laughs> Alba just to set the tone. And it was I, I I might be wrong, but didn't they they flipped the coin twice there because they couldn't just come to an agreement on which side to shoot on. I bet, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure they did. And he beat them in both while he like half punched him in the face, while he kept like pushing him out of the way. Like, <laughs> you already have a physically, you know, in, in, yeah, definitely. In his face. He was so angry that yep. Cialini was doing all this. And, you know, I, I just, I mean, really set the tone. And now he's already talking trash for, about England with uh, all their home appearances throughout this thing. So I just, I can really get behind that. That's an Italian at work right there. Well,
0: we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move on to the on, on this day in soccer history and just keep with the Italian theme because apparently that's where we are this week. Um, so Roberto Mancini, who is also the manager at for the Italian national team, um, signs a fi- new five year contract with Manchester City in 2012 today, July 9. So wow. this is all this is coming right after um, Sergio Aguero scored that goal. Sergio Aguero scores against QPR. Um, to to give them has the, never been back to the top. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Poor QPR. Uh, but yeah, that gave him the first title, you know, in in the top flight um, in sixty years of history. Um, so he had come in just a few years before he had won the FA Cup in twenty eleven. So in twenty twelve, he wins the uh, the Premier League. Um, ultimately, to be fired ten months later uh, after after losing um, in the FA Cup final to Wigan of <laughs> all teams. Uh, he also didn't have a really good, uh, he also didn't really have a good Champions League years there. He They went on the group stage two years in a row. Uh, him and, and Carlos Tevez got into uh, to some arguments. Uh, but yeah, on the same history, he signed a five-year deal that he only got 10 months out of. Yeah, uh, I city. mean,
1: that was the start of city. But hey, he's, uh, but on Sunday
0: he's at Wembley. So, you know, that's, that, that leaves out a lot of people that are not. Full circle. That are, that that are, that are are not, yeah. Back at that Wigan game. That's right. Uh, So. He's definitely
1: going to have somebody in the stands with like a Wigan poster. Or Wigan jersey. (laughs) Or Wigan jersey.
0: For sure. I watch all the England, all the England supporters all in Wigan jerseys.
1: Like seriously.
0: (laughs) That would be really cool. Uh, yeah, now you, think, you, think, you, think, you think Amazon Amazon could ship me a Wigan jersey in the next like 24 hours?
1: i probably probably. probably get it to you. And maybe that maybe Soccer.com uh, will have it at your door by 10 p.m. Today, and it's not <laughs> an endorsement to soccer.com. <laughs> uh, all
0: right. Fair play of the week. Uh, my fair play of the week goes to uh, somewhat of a sarcastic fair play of the week for my part. Uh, jair bolsonaro who is the president of brazil um because this guy as a president of a country who i don't i'm from from my understanding or my limited understanding of politics he's not very much liked in the country in general uh decides to uh basically say that Brazil's going to put five on argentina
1: tomorrow night so uh so, yeah, thanks. Thanks, man. So if they don't put five on Argentina. What's the consequence? Everybody's not allowed to come back in the country.
0: I mean, I don't know, man. All I know is all I shut know down is, the border. All I know is you better you better you better hope you better hope Neymar does something because I'm going to tell you right now, you better hope Neymar's fast tomorrow night. Uh,
1: that's scary for the president to say something like that. Cause you better
0: past- you better hope you better hope Neymar wears those uh, old school shin guards that have like the ankle pads on them. Like
1: I know all,
0: all I'm saying is Neymar, man, put on put on the Shingardinos. Uh <laughs> man, the these defenders, Otamendi's coming for you. Over under one and a half red cards. <laughs> am I it might get ugly? It could. Yeah. I mean, listen, if I'm Argentina, five minutes into the game, right at right at Neymar. Just picking up a red in five minutes into the game. <laughs> No, no, that's, that's mean. I can't say that. That goes against the idea of fair play. I'm not saying that. But a good hard foul. Just set the tone, man. Set the tone. Ain't going to be doing no step over nonsense today, man. Not today, sir. Not today. Take that back to PSG.
1: You're wearing Jordan. You're not wearing Jordan today. So, so you know, like how baseball, if you hit it, if the pitcher hits somebody, you got to hit your next best player. So what happens when they come back and they go back and hit Messi? Hey, and you guys right. are like, "Oh, Messi ain't getting
0: up." Now nah, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're fine. Good? Can't catch Messi to hit him. Uh, can't catch him. Can't catch him. Um, all right, who's uh, Anthony? Who's your player of the week or your fair play of the week?
2: Uh, man, my my fair uh, my fair play of the week awards go to the camp counselors for the last uh, two weeks. I mean, they've been fantastic. Um, we've had volunteers. We've had, uh, you know, paid coaches, just uh, what they've been able to do with the the kids through the heat because it's both weeks have been ridiculously hot. Um, And just keeping, um, you know, everybody, everybody on the right path, making sure everybody stays safe. Um, Keeping the kids who are uh, allergic to certain things away from other kids, just like being super focused. Um, Thank you so much to the camp counselors. They've done a great job and hopefully we can keep it rolling these last three weeks of camp.
1: Nice. Awesome. Dwayne? go with the UWS. Um got to meet um is he the executive Mr. Cleves. Yeah. One of the executive directors of the UWS. Um got the opportunity to go to the really the hometown team and see how they do things. So just a shout out to them seeing how they do things and being able to take things away and you know bring it back to our organization and be able to plan for the future. So shout out to them for putting in a great league and season um it's definitely very well organized and there's definitely a lot of opportunities um being presented for the future with uws
2: yeah
0: he's their cfo um and the president of lancaster yeah cfo so uh but yeah no absolutely uh fantastic no
1: it's definitely cool to see their game day atmosphere
0: for sure um all right well um make sure you follow us on social media to keep up with diamonds and also watch their live stream uh so for the diamonds it's facebook.com and instagram uh, um at delaware U- or de union diamonds and of course our delaware union accounts facebook.com slash delaware union on instagram at delaware union soccer and on twitter at de union soccer well uh thanks for joining us this week, and remember always shoot the ball on your front foot